Hello, I'm Tara Ruckman. And I'm Stephanie Howe, and we are Control the Chaos EDU. Are you burnt out? Are you feeling frustrated or overwhelmed? Or maybe it's the opposite, and you're a go-getter and want to level up. Then it's time to dive in with real talk and solution-focused conversations. Good morning or afternoon or evening, whenever you are listening, we are recording bright and early at 6 a.m. And we are excited. We've had some guests recently, so it's just the two of us today. And we are in our boy month, our beginning of year month, if you didn't know what the boy acronym was. Um, And we are talking about classroom culture today, kickstarting your classroom culture for the control the chaos conversation. How's that for a mouthful? Yeah, it it is a mouthful. (laughs) It was so funny because when Tara posted the BOY, I'm like, when did we do a boy series? (laughs) But I think my mind is all like baby mind right now. Baby mind. That's exciting. When are we due? What's the date again? Uh, December 22nd. So not too far, I feel like. I had a guy that came on December 19th. He, uh, I was not going to have him on Christmas. My, my due date was actually after Christmas. Um, And so I looked up all the ways to try to like induce birth because I didn't want to have him on Christmas because I figured that's when he would come. So I was like walking two miles a day um, and I was having a lot of extracurriculars with my husband and all of that wasn't working. So then I drank that syrup. What's it called? Oh, I can't remember. But it said, like, drink two tablespoons, um, and that would, like, help. Well, I drank two tablespoons in the morning, and by the afternoon, I was like, this isn't working. So then I drank, like, a, like the half, a half of a bottle. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that night, he for sure was ready to roll. Like, I took a bath. And I remember having my first contraction. And after that, 20 minutes, like, we barely made it to the hospital. Um, They didn't, they like took me straight up to the floor. There was no waiting on the doctor. I was yelling at the lady, just get him out of me because he was like ready to roll. So so I say labor was 20 minutes because that's like really what it was, but Really, it wasn't because I was drinking that syrup all day trying to induce my labor. Oh, my gosh. That's really So anyway, that's our baby stories (laughs) for this morning. (laughs) All because I didn't want to be in the hospital on Christmas because I had a daughter and I didn't want to be, you know, she was, they're only 14 months apart. So, so yeah, I didn't, I wanted to make sure it wasn't wasn't in the hospital so anyway anyway sorry that's off track (laughs) talking about baby mind right I'm not even the one having a baby (laughs) (laughs) all right so kickstart your classroom culture 
Um, let's talk about the why of building a classroom culture. So when we think about a positive classroom culture, there's there's lots of whys to this, but it it's not just classroom, right? This is really homeschool. This is any learning environment. This is job perf- like creating a champion culture. I know Randon Simpson um, also had talks about creating a championship culture. You have big companies, Google, Forbes. I mean, it's all over. Every place you go, it's about building the culture of your workplace, your classroom, your building. So this is not just, this isn't a new thing. Like, I think that sometimes people would think, thinking like, this is another new thing. But building a classroom culture is way old. It's just the the terms have come more to light when you talk about building a culture. So there's lots of whys to this. And, you know, one of the first one you want to talk about is work performance, right? Like getting the most productivity or performance or whatever you want to call it in your classroom. Kids that are motivated and they want to like invest in what they're learning. It's an investment in their learning. So we'll call that ROI, our, our reach or ROL return on learning. Um, you get more return on learning when you have that positive classroom culture. Um, it's very much linked to higher rates of like productivity of your students or your employees or wherever you are. Um, how about collaboration as well? When you have that championship culture, you you have that the students in your classroom start to begin to work more as a team and create these positive social interactions and social emotional learning and teamwork and communication. Um, And then that collaboration leads to better results, right? Better projects, better teamwork. Um, all, All of those are linked together. And a greater sense of creativity. Once you start building that that classroom culture, creativity, and you leave that open for students to be able to create and feel that ownership in their classroom, what happens when you have more creativity? You have all of a sudden like more design thinking, right? Um, once you once you start building that. And kids are generally just happier, happier and enjoy coming to school more or your class more or enjoy that positive environment. Like, let's really be honest. If you are if you are a teacher that uses correction in your classroom management all the time and doesn't have this positive classroom culture, do you think that students are going to want to come and work in your classroom every day, day in and day out on projects? And if they're always being told no, not to do something? Uh, No, they're not. I, I mean, put 
list your favorite teachers, you're not on the list. If you're always correcting students and you don't have a positive classroom culture, you have kids that don't want to work, which means your behavior is going to increase. All of it's interlinked, right? Kids are naturally going to be happier if you create an environment that boosts that morale. I mean, if you boost student morale, you're naturally going to have students that are going to feel happier and enjoy their learning more than if you're in a constant state of correction and don't have a great uh, classroom management system and don't have a positive environment. So, sorry, that was my little soapbox about correction and classroom management. Um, um, anything else? What am I missing? What am I missing? It, I mean, it is so true. Like, I mean, I've worked in different environments that have a negative culture or, you know, it's like the people talk really negatively and it is hard to work in those <clears throat> environments. And like, I was lucky enough to go to Google and Google does have a positive environment. I was only there for a week and I could feel the excitement, the collaborative and like, it was okay to not know, or it was okay to be wrong. And there are places where I go into an environment and I feel like I can't share my voice because it's not okay to just say whatever you're thinking, even if it's a crazy idea. And so how, how do you support that in the classroom and how do you kind of create that culture of positivity um, in the classroom? And so we're going to talk about different tips and tricks that you can use this school year. So number one is creating a vision or a dream board or goals of so everybody knows what direction you're moving in. Right. So if we don't have this like greater vision if you don't share what you're working towards, how do they know what the end game is? You know, how do we how do we know which direction we're all moving? We don't want everybody going left, right, and center. Like if we have a team of students and they're all working towards one dream, one vision, one goal, whatever it is. I mean, they say like list your standards on the board, right? But Listing your standards on the board or having them out somewhere just isn't enough. We need to like give them the why and the purpose of, of what we're what we're doing, that vision and create excitement around it. Like reinforce it when you reach a goal. And it doesn't have to be like a goal for the year. It could be a goal for a week. It could be a goal for a class period, a goal for a day, a vision for a day. Whenever you're kind of shifting directions and have that flexibility in your classroom. But if you don't have that vision and goal in place, what are we working towards? So I think that's the number one to kickstart your classroom culture is sitting down and getting kids excited about what the vision and goals are. And I don't mean just, you know, let's get out our vision board and create, you know, a vision board, but like, let's talk about them. Let's like throw them out on the table and let's get real about it. Let's, let's get excited about it. Let's, you know, let's, let's make this a deal like this. This is not just a yeah, we're going to complete this vision board. And then once we complete the vision board, we're done. 
let's let's create create a culture around what the vision is. Yeah, and so. we've done a five whys activity. I don't know if you're familiar with this, Tara, but um, we just start with like, why do I come to school? And the kids like kind of list out and you want to do this with students. You want you don't really want to create a vision without your class um, because you want them to have buy in. And so some students might say learn, read, work, math, get an education, um, friends, right? Like we come to school for friends, fun. Um, and like the kids just list out all of these different ideas again. And then as a class, you vote on the top choice. So students, um, I've used Pear Deck, they go in and they just kind of like vote for which one they like the best. Based on that winning answer, so maybe we'll say like get an education is the winner. Then we ask, why do I need an education? And the kids again list everything that they can think of. Um, maybe it's to make money or be rich, right? That's probably a good answer to come up with. Maybe it's to go to college. Maybe they want to learn more, get a job. Most kids, they want to get a job. That's why they, they need an education, they think. So they vote for that one. And then it goes on to the next one again, because we're at why number three. Um, why do I need to get a job? Maybe they want to make money. Maybe they want to buy a car, a house, <laughs> depending on what grade level you're working with. Some of these answers can be really funny. Um, maybe they want to have a family. They need to pay their bills. But maybe they want to be successful. And so that might be like the winning choice from that category. And then again, you go to that next why. Why do I need to be successful? Uh, maybe they want it to be happy, to help their family, uh, to share with others, to be grateful or have a good life. And then after that, you kind of create your shared vision um, for your classroom by using those five whys and kind of getting down to the root cause of like, why do kids come to school? Why, why are we in our classroom right now? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's perfect. That's a perfect way to start. And then you just create a whole discussion about it. And then you start to build like your students and you want them to like have these values and almost like a class mission. Um, and you get them excited and you promote that and you, and you encourage that, encourage them to, to do the same and kind of, yeah, for lack of a better word, I, this might sound holiday-ish, but you like spread the cheer, right? Like you, you identify all of those things, all of those whys, and you promote those as your classroom aspirations, visions, and goals. And then you encourage the kids to do the same. So that's really just in, empowering them um, for that positive classroom culture. Which then brings us to students just well-being. And we kind of talked about this before, like checking in with your students and asking them how they are. This um, past week, I was able to spend some time with the Kentucky Teacher of the Year. Um, and I was just kind of joking with him because like, I'm like, you're no longer the Teacher of the Year. Like your year's over. Um, <laughs> kind of fun. And like his year was like during COVID. I think it was like the 2020 year. But you could just tell within like, 15 minutes, 10 minutes about being around Donnie Piercy, that he is the most fun per like, I was like, you're the fun teacher. And I was like, teachers probably hate you because you're just 
you're just so fun and kids want to be in your classroom. Like he was, he was making jokes. He was like in this room and he had these VR goggles on. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this, this guy is fun as a teacher. This is why he's the teacher of the year. Um, but again, you just want to create that environment where you're focused on your students' well-being. Yeah, I mean, that's huge, right? Like if if kids are not at their best, if they don't feel at their best physically, mentally, emotionally, how are they going to contribute to the po- positive culture? They're kind of not going to be able to con- contribute as much, maybe some, to that positive culture. Um, and us as teachers, as teacher leaders, as administration, you know, we can contribute to that physical, mental, emotional well-being. Maybe not as much the physical piece, but definitely the mental, mental and emotional well-being of our students. Um, because if students are at their healthiest um, and at their best, guess what's going to happen? They're they're going to participate in that culture. And then essentially that increases the collaboration, the productivity, and all of those things that we talked about, about our why. I mean, you know, we had a situation with like 15 girls. Was it 15 girls? And I think we talked about this before. Maybe it was more. I don't know. But we did kind of an intervention with the students. And um, there was a whole group of them. They're middle school girls whole lot of drama. And um, we just kind of got our conflict resolution slide out, slapped it up on the board, started going around the room about like, what are all your problems? And let's talk through them all. And it ended up being, I don't know, a two hour session that we had with these girls. Um, And it was myself, Steph, an intervention specialist, um, Ashley, our guidance counselor, (laughs) then the assistant principal came in and we all supported and worked through these problems with this girls. And and the bottom line was, if you guys don't get it together, right, it's going to be a long end of the year, a last couple of the weeks of the year. And it ended up, as we got that out, it ended up being a much better productive end of the year that was a lot more free because that, that whole drama vibe that they were having, they weren't mentally in good places. They weren't focused on school. They were not contributing to the culture of the school or the classroom because they had so much outside mental, emotional things going on between them. Um, So it was affecting a, a larger group of kids. So Yes, it took time away, right? But ultimately, it gave us time back with those kids because they got into a better mental, emotional place. So then they were able to go through their day a lot more smoothly and then contribute to that positive culture of the classroom now because we worked through some of those mental and emotional. Now, if you don't have the ability, of course, to be able to do that, you know, like sit two hours, but, you know, pull in, pull in the people that do. And that's what we did. Steph and I are both coaches. So we had some freedom and flexibility in our calendars to be able to support that as well as the guidance counsel counselor, as well as 
the assistant principal so that we could support those girls into getting back to that student wellness um, per se, if that's what you want to call it, but making sure that student well-being, student wellness um, as much as possible. There are many things that, of course, we cannot control that comes outside of their day, but what we can control that's inside of our building we definitely don't want to ignore it all um, so that we can support that student wellness because we know that that is for sure a foundation of a positive classroom culture. Yeah, which then kind of brings us to those social connections. Uh, so again, focusing on that well-being, we want to be the well person, the best person that we can be. I'm really into, right, well, I've been into the Enneagram and I'm trying to get Tara into it. Um, but it's just a personality test. And everybody has like a healthy number. So I am, for example, a number three on the Enneagram test. And I have a healthy side and an unhealthy side. And when I am healthy, people like to be around me. You know, I, I can get a lot done. I can focus. When I'm unhealthy, I might throw you under the bus because I want to <laughs> um, But because I know that about myself, I'm now able to respond differently um, in different situations. And it helps me kind of know other people like, okay, this person is this number. Um, and this person, it, this is how I might need to react to them and times of stress or something like that. But after you fig figure out yourself and kind of get to know yourself, you're able to help foster those social connections as well. And we need people in our life. Um, and this is kind of that group work, which this past year, it was difficult this school year, but, and I saw a lot of teachers avoid group work because they didn't want to deal with kids um, in that culture. They didn't want kids to say, oh, I don't want to work with that student, or I don't want to do this, or I don't agree with this. And there was a lot of disagreement in different groups. And so a lot of teachers avoid the group work, which is kind of sad because in our world, we, we work with groups. We work with a lot of different, we have to work with people. We have to know how to collaborate. Um, and so how can we build this culture of social connection um, in the classroom, Tara? I mean, and think about it like this too. You know, if, if I'm in a workplace and I don't know my employees, like the, my colleagues, sorry, not employees, my colleagues very well, there's going to be less interaction. And there's then less of a possibility to build that strong culture to grow, right? I, I mean, when you have one person, you're growing, you know, you can grow that student as an individual. But when you have multiple people working together, think about how you can grow even more. When you have two minds, when you have three minds, when you have four minds that work together. Now, sometimes the groups can get too big because then you get you might get less done um, because there's more, you know, resolution between the groups. So just depending on what that looks like. Um but having those opportunities to for for people to build those relationships. So we constantly talk about building relationships with our students. But what about fostering their relationships with other students can be just as important as you building the relationship with them, because when they get to know each other, they're able to 
interact more, have more group group work, more collaboration, more working together. And it all then contributes to that positive classroom culture. So, you know, ways you can do this is just like consider different types of weekly um, social connections, whether it be a group, a project, um, you know, a snack, you know, like for our little guys, like our little elementary kids, maybe they get to maybe during snack, like if they have a snack time, maybe you give them a snack on a Friday and allow them to move around and sit next to their friends. Um, I mean, of course, you'd put some standing operating procedures in place with that so that the classroom didn't erupt into chaos. But just finding little ways to, to foster those connections, right, especially when you think about elementary kids. Um, and they're just learning to build those social connections. But in lunchtime, they're not really allowed to pick who they get to sit with. You know, they walk in a line, they have to sit. So, so they're really kind of guided throughout most of the day versus being able to choose some kids to walk around and interact with, except when they're at recess high school kids, you know, you get the, you know, they may sit together in lunch every day, but, you know, working together and finding that, that group, you know, whatever it is, maybe, you know, that's why we have groups. Like that's why we have book clubs. That's why we have chess clubs. That's why we have all of those things, but why wait until after school to do them? Maybe in ELA, you start like a book club reading and you break into to groups and you talk about it. Um, there's all sorts of different ways to foster those um, connections within your classroom. But I think it's just doing it right. Just just having the foresight and the vision and the goals and everything that you have around it um, to to engage in those classroom activities that can foster those connections so that you're not just building relationships with them, but they're building relationships with other, with others. I mean, think about like a football team, a baseball team, a golf team, you know, they have a culture within them where they, they, they build and and foster those social connections because they have one common goal, right? They want to win. They want to win. They want a championship. They, they, or they want to improve at least if they're not a winning team, but that's their culture. That's their vision. That's their goal. If you think about a team now, like this is your team, this is Ruckman's team. This is Howell's team. This is whatever. And, and build it like it's, it's a team to foster those social connections. Yeah. And I mean, just teaching kids to how to give feedback, how to have conversations. I think sometimes we just assume that's natural for every kid and it's not. Um, we have to teach them, you know, how to give feedback, how to work together in a group. And I think too, there's different parts of collaboration. There's some teachers, you know, like sharing supplies. Well, that's just one level of collaboration. That's just a small, small piece. But when you can get students to work on a product together and it's not like, Tara, you're going to take slide seven. I'm going to take slide 10. And we're working independently on those slides to create a together like an end product. 
but really collaborating on slide seven together um, is where you're going to find that deeper level as well when you are working on those connections and those group projects. And a lot of times I see kids or adults even, hey, I'm going to do this part of the presentation, you do the end. And that's not true collaboration. You're creating a collaborative product, but you're not, you're not collaborating. And so I think when you're able to kind of even say, hey, you're both working on slide seven together and you're going to agree on what it looks like and how it's going to come out together. Yeah, I love that. That I mean, that is perfect. You see that a lot, right? Like mm -hmm. just split up the parts. Yeah. Just split it's, up the I'm parts. You do this. Yeah. yeah. You do this and I'll do this. No, we're not splitting up the parts. We're going to work on it together this time. Mm -hmm. Which brings so, us to meaning and purpose. Uh, so creating that classroom that has meaning and purpose, which I think comes from that vision. So if you set up that vision, you're then going to start to see meaning and purpose in your classroom. And that is, that's what kind of gets us up that purpose every single day for me, going back to my why or my vision for education is, is what gets me up in the morning. It, it's what gets me up and not hitting snooze at all because people are making fun of me. Uh, but I don't hit snooze because I have this vision and now I've got my ready to go. Well, I, I think about it though like this. It, like if you connect and, and understand the how it impacts your life, um, then you, ha you have more meaning and purpose behind it. And that's kind of my son says this all of the time. Like, I don't really have any desire for that class because I'm never going to use it. What does it mean to me? Like, I have no motivation behind what I'm doing because it doesn't impact my life. So if you can provide meaning and purpose around your vision and goals and your positive classroom culture, you're going to get more buy-in, right? Tim Needles talked about it when we interviewed him. If you haven't listened to that episode, he's fantastic, the, the author of Steam Power. But, you know, getting the community involved, like how he, um, he had community projects going on. Those kids had a meaning and a purpose to their classroom culture. And of course, he never really had behavioral problems because he had this authenticity that, um, but those kids had a meaning and a purpose. So when you are doing all of this, you know, you're creating your vision and your goals. How do you connect them? How do you connect all of these things? And um, how does it impact, you know, how, how can you make it impact? How can you provide that meaning for students? And you'll get a lot more buy-in. Yeah. And one activity I like to do with students at the beginning of a unit is the three whys. And I just ask him kind of, why is this important to me? Why are fractions important to me? And we kind of talk about different ways that they might use these in the real life. Um, but they really start to think about why, why does reading comprehension or whatever matter to me? Why is that important? And then why might it matter to the people around me? So maybe my family, my friends, uh, why does it matter to them? And then why does it matter to the outside world, the bigger picture um, can just kind of help bring that engagement and focus into a lesson with your students to provide that relevance and, hey, why does this matter? Yeah, so I did this 30 day um, 
journaling challenge at the beginning of the year, which was also a, a way to provide that meaning and purpose. And it was three questions, just kind of like the whys. Um, and it was, what are what were you excited about today? What was challenging to you? And the third question was, um, how did I grow today? So when they started writing about how they grew today, they started connecting every day to what they were learning because they were thinking about how did I grow? Like, what did this do for my life? What? How did it make me better? So you can rephrase that question any way you wanted to. But then it was thinking about why are they excited? And so they were thinking about it. And then I was able to look at some of those journal entries and I was able to see what were they excited about? What was challenging to them? So now, okay, I can do more of the things that were exciting to them. What was challenging to them? I need to provide a little bit of support. And now I'm seeing how they're identifying they're growing. And if they're not identifying that they're growing, then I'm not giving them enough meaning and purpose. And I'm not and I'm not saying that you're not growing. I'm saying I'm not helping you grow. So what do I need to change as a teacher to help you grow? Um, and I can talk to them about it. But that 30 day practice, you know, they say it takes a long time to change a habit, right? You need to do something at least for 30 days. But that provides them that connection to the vision, the goals, the meaning, and the purpose. Um, and then it reflects in that classroom culture. So now we're creating this classroom culture of how did I grow today? So every day we're thinking about how did I grow today? And if I'm not growing, darn it, I am doing something different. So it helps the student. It helps you. It helps the classroom culture. I kind of love that activity. And I know that 30 days is a long time to do something, right? But it takes 30 days at least to, to break or create a habit. And we just want them to start thinking like that positivity, what was challenging? How do I get over it? But how did I grow today? And that connects them to that meaning and purpose. Yeah, I like that activity a lot. So one thing that... Um, I like to mention as well, we, we didn't really have this in notes or we didn't really discuss this prior or anything is gratitude as well. I mean, gratitude is huge. And I don't think that we, we think about it enough in the classroom. If we have gratitude for our students, if we thank them for coming to school today, if we thank them for their hard work, if we thank them for their team collaboration and we give them some public recognition for their, their hard work or their achievement or whatever it is that they're doing, like just find something. You came to class today. Thank you for being here. If it's a kid that struggles with attendance, but that gratitude can go a long way and really have a positive on culture when I really think about it. You know, think about when you go to a store. If you are 
a customer that comes into a store and you're shopping and you you can't find what you're looking for you're struggling there's no sales there's nothing you want nothing catches your eye um you're more than likely not going to go back there to shop right um or you go to a restaurant and you're not happy with your service but if you do if you go and you have somebody telling you oh thank you for shopping with us today and you have somebody that's helping you along, um, you're going to go back there and shop. Kind of the same for the classroom. Like if we're thanking them to come to classroom, if we're showing our students gratitude for showing up, just show up. You know, if we show them gratitude, um, they're more than likely going to come back the next day and it's going to be more of a positive learning experience. So I think that we oftentimes um, don't think like gratitude in the classroom. That's like not one of our first go-tos. But if you just write a post-it note or send them a message, but just gratitude, just be thankful. Wake up and be thankful that you're here every day and in the classroom and you have, you have, every day to teach and guide the minds of young kids and let them know that you're thankful to be here. Okay. Yeah, that can go far. Just saying thank you. <laughs> um, and so thanks for joining us this week. Um, we hope that you're able to create that classroom culture where it's positive and students want to come to school and you're able to use some of these ideas and strategies. But your call to action is... We want you to share. We want you to like and subscribe and leave us a review. I think we only have one review. And we need yeah. more. <laughs> yeah, we need more. Thank um, you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for liking. Thank you for sharing. And thank you ahead of time for giving us a review. <laughs> yeah, so make sure you go in, leave us a review, because we would love to get other educators to join um, in the conversation and to start listening as well. But until next time, make sure you control the chaos. Thanks for listening to Control the Chaos EDU. Check out the description for show notes. We look forward to connecting with you on social media. Subscribe to the weekly podcast so you never miss an episode. Control the chaos. Until next time.